Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. All right. Hey, good morning, Thrive. How we doing? Good, good. All right. Second service. Y'all came ready. All right. Hey, do me a favor. Let's welcome everyone watching online today. Come on, let's just welcome them. Thank you for joining us online. And hey, if you're in the room, you can go ahead and share this on YouTube, Facebook right now. You never know who might be listening. You never know who's still at home in their pajamas. I know it's 1130, but they still might be. And um, go ahead and share this to a friend, tag someone. And I'm just so excited for what God is doing on Sunday mornings here. Love our church. Love what Jesus is doing. And so, hey, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Stand your feet with me. Come on, everyone in the room. Stand your feet with me as we jump into the word. Um, shout out to Pastor Albert for covering last week. Great job, friend. Good stuff. And we're going to continue our Holy Ghost series today. We've been on a series uh, since we came into the building in April on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be doing this, honestly, till next month. We're going to end it around next month. And so we're still right in the middle of it. And uh, so excited for what God is doing because as we continue to learn and talk about and grow in the teaching and the understanding of who the Holy Ghost is, I believe it's vital in this hour for people who would follow Jesus to understand who the Holy Spirit is. And so we're going to just go one verse today, Matthew chapter 4. We'll keep it easy. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. All right, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. You can see it on the screen or you can find it in your Bible or on your phone. All right, and it says this. It says, then Jesus was led. Everybody say led. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for what you're doing. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would continue to move. You've already been moving this service. I pray that you would continue to move. I pray your presence would be in this place and that you, Jesus, would transform hearts and minds. Let me get out of the way so that way you can say what you want to say this morning. And in Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Good stuff. Have a seat. Go ahead and have a seat. Good, good. And so if you're taking notes, the title of today's conversation or message is Leader. I want to talk to you today about the Holy Spirit being our leader as he's the one who leads us. And this is an interesting type of conversation. I think we live in an era where we understand the concept of leading and following. And and in particular, uh, the concept of leading and following, especially with social media, right? We have people who have TikToks, Instagrams. We have followers, right? Even though you've never met these people in your life. Uh, Things like that. And and it's kind of a familiar conversation. I think when people talked about leading or following uh, back in the day, before the social media era, you probably thought it was like a cult. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, I follow this person. You're like, well, that's weird probably not a good thing to follow that person and hopefully you don't you know drink the kool-aid or nothing crazy like that yeah so uh, but God calls us to follow the Holy Spirit and I want to start the conversation off with this main point this is going to be kind of the main point of the entire message today and it's this is that the Holy Ghost is a better leader than we are followers I want you to know that I want you to know how many of you right let's be real if you're like me struggle sometimes with following right? Men, let me talk to the men in the room. Y'all don't even follow directions right. Like you don't pull over and ask. You just be doing your thing, right? You'll just keep driving in circles. Thank God for like iPhones and Google Maps and stuff like that now because it saved a lot of our vacations and from a lot of time that's unnecessary. I'm just saying there should be like way more ladies shouting me down about this whole husband thing, not getting directions. 
we struggle with it. We struggle with following. Uh, we struggle with following. But, but I'm grateful that the Holy Spirit is a better leader than I am follower. I'm grateful that he knows where I need to go way more than I even understand where I need to go. And you have this verse, which is, which is very interesting. Um, and I, I love this verse. This passage has actually really helped me in my walk with Jesus and has really helped me to understand um, how to follow God and how to follow Jesus in the right way. And you find this passage, right, in, in Matthew chapter 1, or Matthew chapter 4, little verse in verse 1. Um, we just read it, right? It says, and the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert, led Jesus into the wilderness, led Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil, which tells me this, and you have to understand this, that the Holy Spirit is going to lead us into seasons that might, we might not want, but we absolutely need. Right? It wasn't the devil that led Jesus into the desert. The devil tempted Jesus in the desert. No, it was the Holy Ghost who led Jesus in the desert. And I want to tell you right now that maybe the reason why you're going through the season you're in is not to take you out, but is actually for God to do something on the inside of you. Maybe the reason you're going through what you're going through in your life is because God is leading you into something that you don't understand and comprehend. See, even as you go through the depths of this verse, it's fascinating to understand the context. And let me just kind of explain it in some ESPN highlights, okay? And so Matthew chapter 3, you have this iconic moment in Scripture. The Bible says that Jesus gets baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. And I think we've talked about this here on a Sunday, or you might have read it. Jesus gets baptized in this nasty river called the Jordan, and he gets baptized, right? And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes as a dove, and the Father speaks. Like, you literally hear the voice of the Father from heaven. I just imagine he sounds like Mufasa from The Lion King. I'm just going to be honest. Maybe because I'm a dad, right? Like, remember who you are, right? You know what I'm saying? Come on, y'all. That was a millennial joke, and there's a lot of millennials in second service. I'm just saying, right? Father speaks. Holy Spirit comes as a dove. Jesus is baptized. What an epic moment in Scripture. Jesus is called by God to get baptized. And, and, and here's what happens. Jesus has this iconic encounter moment with the entire trinity. The entire trinity takes place in this moment in Matthew chapter 3. And, 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 and the Bible says this, that Jesus doesn't go right away to go do ministry. The Bible says that then the Holy Spirit leads him into the desert. The Holy Spirit leads him to the desert, which that's fascinating to me. Because I have learned that oftentimes people think because they've had an encounter with God, now they're going to go do ministry. But before God can trust you with his people, you got to go through a desert. He's got to be able to trust you, right, with some things. He's got to do some things in you. Let's deepen it a little more. What we actually find is that Jesus goes into the desert. The Bible says for 40 days and 40 nights, and he gets tempted by the enemy. He gets tempted by Satan. And this is a very important understanding of Scripture that we need to understand, that we need to comprehend, is Jesus in this moment has to walk as God and man in the desert so that he can redeem humanity for all the sin in their past. You don't get the cross and the resurrection without Jesus walking through the desert. Because Jesus needed to be tempted the way you and I were tempted, but not fall into sin how you and I have fallen into sin. Even a step further, if you begin to understand the context of Exodus, the Bible says in Exodus, anybody remember Exodus, Moses, right? The Bible says that Exodus happens, the Exodus event, 
where the nation of Israel is free from Egypt, right? They walk through the Red Sea, and the Bible says that they go up to Mount Sinai with Moses in the desert, and the plan is they're supposed to be in the desert for 40 days. The problem was that while Moses was on Mount Sinai on a mountain talking with God, there's literally lightning and thunder and clouds happening on that mountain. The Bible says that it's so much of the glory of God that when Moses comes down from the mountain, his face is glowing. I don't know if you've been to a prayer meeting where your face changed. I haven't. That's some next level stuff. Here's what Israel's doing. Israel just saw God part the Red Sea, right? Anybody, Ten Commandments. I'm referring to a lot of movies today, right? You see the movie, the whale in the water. You know, there's no whale in the Red Sea. I'm just going to be, okay? Right, you see, they walk through. And by day 30, or whatever day it was, it's only been 30 days since they saw the 10 plagues. It's only been 30 days since the nation of Israel was free, 3 million of them. It's only been 30 days since they see God part the Red Sea. It's only been 30 days since they saw the miracle of being freed out of slavery in Egypt. And around day 20, 30, whenever, they decide to make a golden calf out of their hoop earrings. All the girls were like, here are my hoops, take the gold, let's go worship a cow. Moses is on Mount Sinai. Moses' brother Aaron, who's the priest, is leading the nation of Israel in idolatrous sin while he's encountering God. And so why is that important? Because what Jesus needed to do is he needed to go back to the same desert situation that the nation of Israel did. Not just to redeem himself, but all of humanity and the nation of Israel. See, what you have to understand is Jesus walks through the desert for 40 days and he begins to redeem in his holiness and consecration and his fasting, he begins to redeem what Israel could not do. Because how many know that sometimes God can get you out of your slavery, God can get you out of your bondage outside physically, externally, but inside you still have Egypt in your heart. So what happens? God says for the nation of Israel, you got to walk 40 years because I need to get Egypt out of you. I, got, I already got you out of Egypt, but I need to get Egypt out of you. Jesus steps on the scene and says, I will do what my forefathers couldn't because I am going to break the generational curse of sin not just off the nation of Israel but humanity. And he's tempted by the same things. The devil wants him to create an idolatrous moment where he worships himself over the God of Israel. And what does Jesus do? He fasts and he prays and for 40 days he combats the enemy, right? He fights the devil through that temptation so that at the end of the game he is now called and trusted to do the ministry that God has called him to do. God knew that Jesus needed to walk through the desert so the Spirit led him if Jesus would have chosen on himself, I wonder if Jesus would have chose the hard things. But he doesn't. Why? Because he allows the Holy Spirit to actually lead him. And family, the, the question I have for you today is, are we actually people that are following the Holy Spirit? Because can I tell you that you can go to a spirit-led church and not be a spirit-led person? I'm going to say that for this side. You could come Sundays. You could shout in tongues. I'm about it. You could pray for miracles. You could believe in the Holy Ghost. You could get the Holy Ghost goosebumps and all the, the good stuff. But then Monday, your life is led by you and not him. 
And family, I want to tell you that God is calling a people. God is calling his church to not be led by something that is false, to not be led by the culture and the idolatry of the world, to not be a people that make calves in the desert by our hoop earrings or by our materialism. Family, we get way too comfortable in building idols instead of following Jesus. And I want to... I want to, I'm preaching to myself. Have I became a person that is really good with the spiritualization language of my heart? And have I become a person that is a professional Christian versus a follower of the Spirit? I don't want to only follow the Spirit on Sundays because I'm in front of people. That's idolatry. Am I following the Spirit at home with my kids? Am I following the Holy Spirit at home with my wife? Am I following the Holy Spirit in my work? Am I, when I go to the gym, when I'm, when I'm at the supermarket, or I'm at Target, whatever, am I a person who is Spirit-led? Are my decisions Spirit-led? Are my actions Spirit-led? Have I given my room in my life? Have, have I taken my hands off the driver's seat and allowed Holy Spirit to lead me? See, this message, I, it's, it, I'm not, we're not talking about the Holy Spirit right now in this series, we're not, we're not talking about the Holy Ghost because we want good Sunday services. We're talking about the Holy Spirit because I want you to know him in a real way in your real life. I want him to affect your Monday and your Tuesday and your Wednesday and your Thursday and your Friday. I want you to know who the Holy Spirit actually really is right now in this season. And I think it's a God thing. We're seeing a lot of people talking about the Holy Spirit. We're seeing a lot of series about the Holy Spirit in churches. And I hope that's Spirit-led. But my, 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 my worry is that I hope it's not because it's trendy because we want just good feelings on Sundays. I want to be a follower of the Holy Ghost. I want to let him lead me. I want to let him lead me. I want him to be the one who leads me in my life. And so here's what I've learned. That if you don't let the Holy Spirit lead you, you're going to let something else lead you. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you're a follower no matter what. You might think you're super self-independent and you got this and you don't follow anybody else. That's not true. I'm just going to be real. You, there will be things that you follow. We all are following something. I just want at the end of my life for people to know me as someone who followed Jesus. That's like, that's me. Not that I was a good preacher. I was a good pastor. Right, good dad. I think all those are great. I hope, I hope, all the, I hope right? No, at the end of the day, like, oh, that man, he followed God. He followed the Holy Spirit. He wasn't perfect, but he followed the Holy Spirit. I want, I want to be a person that follows the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the uh, inferior things in my life that I follow that I shouldn't be following need to become less, need to become lower, or else it's a golden calf in the desert like Israel. I'm following something that's dead, and it's not going to bring me life. And so let me just walk through some things that I came up with that I struggled with in my life the wrong things to follow, all right? Wrong things we follow. Number one, personal emotions. Family. Emotions are great indicators. They're terrible leaders. Your emotions, let, let me, I'm gonna just talk to the men one more time. I know, I'm picking on the men. We got Father's Day in a couple weeks. You'll get donuts. You'll be fine, okay? You're good. Men, we struggle with anger. Most men struggle with anger. And you will, you, you think you're following Jesus, or you think you're following yourself, and then you let anger get in the way of your life, and it's actually anger that you're following. We will let our emotions tell us where to go. We will let our emotions tell us who to be. We will let our emotions dictate who we are. Our emotions are in the driver's seat, and family, personal emotions, they are terrible 
leaders. Now, don't be wrong. You should have emotions. They're great indicators. Like, for example, those of you that procrastinate, right? I'm one of them. You feel anxiety. That's good. Because that means you should do something to fix the thing that you're procrastinating on. Right? Like when you know, oh, I got to go do this and I start feeling anxious, that's a good anxiety. So that way you're not just a couch potato and being lazy. Right? It's this idea of the emotion is now triggering a response that needs me to do something I need to do. It's an indicator that I need to fix something or something needs to change. Sadness, anger, all these things. Right? And you got to make sure that healthy emotionalism, healthy emotions are rooted and grounded in the reality of Jesus and the gospel. Right? They're great indicators. But we can't let them be the ones that lead our life. Because if um, emotions are our leader and the Holy Spirit is not, it will lead us into all paths of chaos. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. And, and, and I think about even specifically like social media culture is really big. And, you know, you see the little cute graphic. Come on, you know what I'm talking about her on TikTok. And then, you know, it's like follow your heart. No. Right? And the girl's cute or the, 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 the cute font and the cursive and just follow your heart. Family, unless your heart is absolutely in love with Jesus, rooted and grounded in Christ, connected with God in a real way, your heart's going to mess you all up. Your heart's going to mess you all up. Your emotions can't withstand what God really has called you to. They're not called, your emotional capacity was not called to be the driving force of your life. And some of us, this hits really hard because we live, especially if we grew up with trauma, especially if we grew up in pain, especially if we grew up with addiction, you normally let your emotions control your response and your decisions. You need to surrender those to Jesus so that the Holy Spirit is the one that is leading your decisions and not your emotions. Does that make sense? Good. Awesome. I got like everyone in the front row that shouted me down. That's great. Cool. I like it. I like it. Number two, selfish ambitions. Man, and this is something personal that I've struggled with, where your goals and your dreams become greater than the God that gave them to you. I'm not saying you can't have goals. I'm not saying you can't have dreams. I love, I love entrepreneurs. I love entrepreneurs. I love the entrepreneur spirit. I love people who are God has called them to great things. They're dreaming big with God. And dreaming big with God doesn't mean money and power. Dreaming big with God is like, I'm going to be the best mom ever. I'm going to be the best dad ever. Right? Whatever your dream with God is, I'm all for it. But the dream can't become the idol. Right? And so your selfish ambition, you shouldn't be led in your life based on your goals. You need to be led in your life by the Spirit. Because God will have you do things that are counterintuitive to your goal. He will. Okay? So, for example, Jesus comes on the earth. And his mission is to redeem people back to the Father. And it's to rule and reign on the earth. One day, I want you to understand this, that we believe this, that Jesus will sit on a throne and he will rule and reign on the earth and we will be with him. This is how he's going to rule and reign. He's going to get beaten by the people that created him and he's going to die on a cross. The pathway does not make sense with the destination. But if you trust the Holy Spirit, his pathway will always lead you to the destination that he's called you to versus the one you try to create for yourself. And we did a message on this in the fall, and if you want to look it up, it's, it's, called, it's under It's Not an Accident, and we talk about selfish ambition. But, but this is really important to understand. If you allow just your goals in your life to dictate who you are, and there's no room for the Holy Spirit, right? That's, I'm not saying you don't have them. I'm saying you need to include Holy Spirit with it and make sure 
that he is leading you and not just a goal or an ambition or envision in your life. Because sometimes if you let that selfish ambition become an idol, you will then change your character and what God has called you to do to get a hold of something that God didn't want you to get a hold of yet. Here's the big one, number three, especially for millennials. Let me talk about you for a minute. Toxic relationships. And I'm gonna be honest, it's just people in general. I'm picking on millennials, but how many know, we, we know 15-year-olds that act like they're 50-year-olds that act like they're 15. Don't look at nobody. Don't look at nobody. We don't have them here. Right, maturity is not based on age, it's based on obedience. It's okay to have friends. We do groups, right? We're a group's church. We're all about relationships, healthy relationships. We're all about relationships that will lead you into Jesus and build you up. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I'm, I'm all about your relationships in your life. If they're healthy, if they're absolutely healthy, then they need to be healthy because a toxic relationship will begin to detour you off the plan. The reason I picked on millennials is because I have seen more millennials say they're called by God and let a relationship detour them off the plan. That they are called to this, they are called to that, they are called to that. But because of a relationship, not even, not even like a dating relationship, just a dumb friend. And you have no boundaries. It's completely toxic. You bring the worst out of each other instead of the best. And you let them tell you what you do with your life instead of letting the Holy Spirit tell you what you're going to do in your life. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I love healthy relationships. I would believe my marriage is healthy. And there's times where I need to lean on the wisdom of my wife. And that is a very good thing. But it's not like my wife's word is over Jesus' word. And vice versa. If I'm leading my wife into a pathway because I'm the husband and so I'm called to lead the home. That's just how it is. If you don't like it, you can ask John when you get to heaven or Paul when he wrote the book. Okay. I'm leading, and if I'm leading my wife in an unhealthy thing, or I'm leading my wife in something that is not with the word of God or contrary to what God has called her to do, then that's, that's a toxic thing she needs to confront because it's the Holy Spirit over that, if that makes sense. Not saying she's going to leave me. I'm just saying we got to handle some things. The issue is not the relationship. The issue is the toxicity. And the issue is that you made someone Jesus. And they can't die for your sins. And so if they didn't die for your sins, why do they have more authority than God does? Yeah. Healthy relationships produce a tremendous fruit in your life to follow Jesus. But toxic relationships, it's a struggle. It will detour you. And then lastly, incorrect perceptions. If we're going to follow, we got to follow in the right way. We got to follow the right perception of God. We have to follow who God is. We got to know who God is in a real way. We can't follow a wrong perception of God. We can't follow a wrong idea of who God is. Um, we can't follow a, a different perception such as fear or a cultural perception. We, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to be the one who tells us where we're going, who tells us before big decisions, like stop for a second before you make the thing. Buy the house, marry the person, buy the car, switch jobs. I don't, I don't, whatever it needs to do, right? It could be as small or as big as you need it because the Holy Spirit's our friend. But we have to make sure we aren't following the wrong things in life. And we are letting the Holy Spirit be the one who we are following. That, my friends, 
is not a moment at an altar call. That, my friends, is an internal decision you have to make to be someone who's going to follow the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? It, it's, not, it's not an emotional hype moment. It's a, God, I want to follow you. So then you need to give God room. It's called yielding, right? We know what yield signs are. Uh, roundabouts and river islands are crazy. All the river islands people know what I'm talking about. Right? And then like you're driving in the river islands roundabouts. If you live in river islands or even around here. And you don't know if the other person's going to stop. And you're like, you better stop, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because this is about to go down. I'm driving, you're driving. Like you don't know. Just yield. Just yield. Stop running through stop signs. Just yield. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Invite him into the conversation. Stop following the things that will lead you to chaos and unhealthiness and destruction. Stop following the things that would lead you into an old sinful nature. Because why? The Holy Spirit's a better leader than we are followers anyway, right? And so I want to show you this. I, I want to show you this graphic if that's okay. Let me, let me move this to the side just real fast. So I want to explain this real fast. And so I believe that most of us, especially in, in, in Christianity, in, in Christian walk, um, we tend to be Christian by default. I'm just going to be honest. Like some of us have an encounter with God and has accepted Jesus in our heart and, and, and made a conscious decision to follow Jesus. And, and I think that's, that's vital because uh, I'll just use as an example. Most of you can't even explain why you like the sports team you like. Right? Like you just woke up and all of a sudden you're a Raider fan. You know what I'm saying? Or you just like the Niners or, or well, my dad did, so I did. Right? And, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying there's not even a real reason. You're just kind of there. It's like guilt by association. So it doesn't work like that with Christianity. You're not a Christian because your mom brought you to Sunday school twice when you were a kid. You're not a follower of Jesus because you just attended church off and on. Like, like make a conscious decision to follow the God who died for you and has everything for you. Right? Like you have to, you have to do that. And I think sometimes we don't create space to do that and ask the hard questions. And so I, I wanted to do that today because I, I'm, what I'm challenging you, which I believe God is challenging you, the Holy Spirit's challenging you today, is that you would follow him. And you wouldn't follow him based on an emotional experience or a decision or good coffee from the lobby at a church. But you would follow him and you would actually know who he is and you would actually make a decision to follow him. And that Holy Spirit would actually be the one you're following in every part of your life. With that, I believe there's steps you kind of have to take internally so that way you can make that decision to know to follow. And so I'm going to read you something that's going to explain all this craziness. I promise it makes sense. If you can trust his nature, you can trust his words. I'm talking about Jesus. If you can trust his word, you can trust his decisions. If you can trust his decisions, then you can trust his intentions. If you can trust his intentions, then you can trust his leadership. If you can trust his leadership, then you can follow him. I believe this is true not just for Jesus, but any leader. I think this is for anybody who is following someone, right? So let's start from the very beginning. I believe you can't follow someone. Let's just talk about Jesus, just the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit because that's what we're on. You cannot follow the Holy Spirit until you know the nature of the Holy Spirit. You got to know the nature of the Holy Spirit. You got to know who he is. You got to know what he's about. You got to know what he is. You got to know his character, right? The Bible talks about it as the attributes of God. Family, I want you to know that before we start anywhere, before we start this process, you got to know who God is. Not me tell you about him. You got to know 
who God is. You got to know who God is not because your grandma prayed for you. You got to know who God is not because your mom brought you to school or Sunday school. You got you to gotta have an encounter with God. You got to have a moment. And, and it, doesn't look, it can look like falling on the floor and speaking in tongues and boogers everywhere. Or it can look like sitting in your room with the Bible and a light turns on. You're like, yup, God's real. It doesn't matter. I don't care. In between. You got to have a moment where you experience who God is. The goodness of God. The kindness of God. The faithfulness of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the long-suffering of God. Who Jesus actually is, his divinity, his power, his authority, his awesomeness. You got to know who God is. Because when you know who someone is, then you can trust what they say. So the Bible is true because who God is. Right? Let me, let me. We don't believe God's real because the Bible says he's real. We believe God's real and therefore the Bible is truth. And the Bible solidifies who the character and nature of Jesus is. Because God came before scripture, not after. That's why that's important. The Bible wasn't written before God. It was written by God as the author, the Holy Spirit, authored the Bible through different authors, 44 of them, all throughout thousands of years to solidify the character and nature of God. And so if I know who God is, then I can trust his word. And then if I can trust his word, this is the one we don't like, then I can trust his decisions. So this is where it gets a little murky. Let's just be real. You might know God. And you can trust his word, right? His word's true. Yup, his word is true, right? I'm just thinking like the preachers, old school preachers, right? The Bible, well, you know what I'm saying? I need the word, you know what I'm saying? But then when God says, do this or don't do this, you're like, well, I don't know if it's that true. <laughs> little, little things, little, little things and the big things. You know, it just, but, but, but if his word's true, then I got to trust that his decision's accurate. So when he says, don't do this, I can't do this. Or if he says, do this, then I got to do this. Why? Because I trust his word, because I trust his character. And if his decisions are true, then that means all the decisions, even the bad ones, will lead in good intention. Even the ones that I don't like, the decisions, even the decisions I don't like, God has good intentions for me. Jesus, I can imagine, they have, Jesus probably knows everything that's about to go down when he comes to heaven. He's kind of God, right? The board meeting in heaven, got some angels there. I don't know who's there. God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and they're having a meeting. And Jesus is like, all right, I'm ready for my trip. I'm going to go down to earth for 33 years. I'm going to come right back up. I'm ready. And God's like, okay, cool, here's the plan. You're going to be born. And you're going to be born in a manger with a bunch of donkey poop. And, God's, and Jesus is like, all right. I wouldn't, but okay. Cool. And then you're going to have this dad. You're going to have this mom. You're going to live your life. Okay, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And then there's going to be a moment when you're 30, bro. And your cousin who has dreadlocks is going to baptize you. Jesus is like, bet. Keep it in the family. Let's go. Right? And, and here's what's going to happen. Holy Spirit's going to come as a dove. And Holy Spirit's like, yeah, let's go. I'm just going to float right in. Just float right in. I'm going to be like, Whew. 
I'm going to do my voice. I'm going to sound like Mufasa, right? I'm just all the things. And Jesus is like, that's so cool. And then it's like, okay. And then what's going to happen next? Jesus is like, and then I'm just going to go pray for people, lay hands on the sick. Everything's going to be dope. And God's like, no. Then you're going to go in the desert and you're not going to eat for 40 days. And I can just imagine Jesus is like, but I just started liking food. Like, they have hummus there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's Israel, you know? Like, Mediterranean food, shish kebabs, this fire stuff. You're not going to eat for 40 days, Jesus. You're not going to eat for 40 days. And that's my decision because my heart is that you're doing something greater than what you're actually doing. The intention is greater than the, the decision. And I'm joking, right? I'm being funny. But let's be serious now. Jesus in Gethsemane says, Father, not my will, your will. What is Jesus is saying? Father, I don't want to go on this cross. I don't even want to die. I don't want to go through this suffering, right? Jesus shows his beautiful humanity as God. God, I don't want to do this. I, don't, I know what's about to go down, and I, I don't want to do this. I don't even think they're going to be grateful. I don't even think they're going to accept me, right? All the things. The Bible says he was so stressed. It was like drops of blood coming from his skull. He was sweating so much. All his friends fell asleep. Think about it. You're about to go through the most stressful moment of your life, and all your friends took a nap. He's with the Father. But he says, not my will, but your will. Because I know your intention is greater than the decision. And if your intention is greater than the decision, then I could follow your leadership. Because Jesus says in Romans, Paul says in Romans, God says in Romans, that he makes all things work together for those who love him. Here's the issue. I think something broke down in your life. Maybe you're in the room and you don't know God. I want you to know that there's hundreds of people in this room that can testify to who God is. I want you to know I'm not just trying to preach at you and shove the Bible down your throat. Heck no. I'm just trying to tell you about the Jesus that saved my life. And there's a bunch of other people that can tell you the same thing. This is why we do church on Sunday. We don't do church on Sunday because we're bored and we don't have nothing to do and we just want to go to brunch. That's not why we do church on Sunday. We do church on Sunday because we glorify God together. Jesus is worthy of our Sunday morning to stop, to worship him, glorify him, not get something from him, but to give to him. God is worthy of a Sunday morning and every other day of your life to minister to the heart of God. We gather because in spiritual family we grow. And here, here check this out. We gather because we knew you were coming. We did all this because we knew this would create an environment where you might show up. And maybe, just maybe, if you show up, maybe you'll begin to give Jesus a chance like we did. See, you think, you think you're visiting a church. We know you're coming home. And we have faith that when we gather together, we're worshiping the character of Jesus. And that people would meet the character of Jesus. Maybe you can't follow Jesus because you've never met him. Maybe you can't follow the Holy Ghost today. Maybe you can't follow the Holy Spirit today because you don't trust his word. You don't know his word. And I want to tell you that you can and you can learn it. That's where I don't think most of us slip up. I actually think it's between two and three. I think we know his character, we know his word, but there's some people in his room that don't trust Holy Spirit because we didn't like the decision. We didn't like that Holy Spirit led us to the desert. 
And I'll tell you that I don't think Jesus did either. But sometimes God will do what you need versus what you want. Because if I can follow his decision, then I can follow his intentions. And if I can follow his intentions, then I can follow his leadership. And can I tell you, I would rather follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit, I would rather follow the Holy Spirit in the desert with him than be on green plains without him. Because at the end of the day, my life is better with the Holy Spirit, not without it. And I want you to know, if he led the nation of Israel through the Red Sea, he'll lead you through your Red Sea. If he led the nation of Israel through the desert, he'll lead you through the desert. If he led the nation of Israel through the Jordan River, he'll lead you through that Jordan River. If he led the nation of Israel through famine, right? David talks about, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. If Jesus can lead David through the desert and the valley, then he can lead you through the valley. If Jesus can lead Jonah through the whale, he can lead you to Nineveh and get you home. If Jesus can lead, G if, if Holy Spirit can lead Jesus through Gethsemane, then he can lead you through as well. And if Jesus, the Holy Spirit can lead Paul through the shipwreck to get to Rome, I'm telling you all throughout the Bible, it's not stories of people who are special. It's all about stories who trusted and were led by the Holy Spirit, who yielded to him and said, God, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if this makes sense. I don't know if this is taking place, but I I know that I'm better with you than I'm better without you. And I need to yield to you, Holy Spirit, because without you, I'm not going to make it. Without you, it's not going to work out. Without you, I know what life is like without you. I know what life is like leading myself. I know what life is like on my own. I know what life is like in the torment of sin and shame and guilt and condemnation. I know what life is like worshiping the cow in the desert like the nation of Israel, making idols out of the things that belong to me. But Jesus, I experienced who you were and I know who you are is real. And I know that I can trust you. I can trust your intentions. I can trust your decisions. I can trust your leadership so I can follow you. I want to follow you because he's got it because you're a better leader than I am a follower and even when I stumble when I'm falling I'll, I'll just you help me get right back up and you help me follow you I'm, I want to follow you so the question today is who are you following who are you following only you, friend, can answer that. I can't answer that. One day, I, I think of like my kids, for example. One day they got to answer that question. And it doesn't matter if their dad's a preacher on stage on Sundays. They have to make that decision. Family, what I would challenge you today is that are you following the Holy Spirit as if he's the main thing? Or are you following the Holy Spirit as if he's the side thing? Because he gently demands you to follow him. This is what I mean. Have you ever gone to take your kids to eat and they all of a sudden don't want to eat where you took your kids to eat? Like I just want you to know in my house, we're not going to three different restaurants to get three different chicken nuggets. No. Heck no. 
I'm like, we're, we're eating here. And if my son's like, I don't like that, well, then you're not eating, bro, tough. It's kind of similar to the Holy Spirit. Hey, we're going this way. Well, that way has a beach. That looks like a desert. I won't go toward the beach. Okay, go. Go toward the beach. Go wild out. Go be a mess. And then I'll still be here waiting for you so we can go through the desert. So he doesn't force you to follow, but he's not changing his direction because you want to change. And that's the question today. Will you follow me? Will you follow me? Will you yield to me? Will you follow the Holy Ghost? Would you follow me like how Jesus followed me? If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, what makes you think you can do it without him? Who are you following today? Stand to your feet. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.